Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Lou. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to episode 161. How's everyone feeling? Starting to feel like Christmas. Joy is around every corner where we go out. But it could also be a season of overwhelm. Lots of family gatherings and potential conversations that might spark some emotional feelings here and there. So today on the show, I have Dr. Michelle Matenberg, and we're going to speak about emotional avoidance and how to cope with difficult emotions. Well, to begin with, we're going to learn what actually is emotional avoidance because understanding it can lead to better decision making and greater life fulfillment for you. I will definitely help you out throughout the holiday seasons. So Dr. Michelle Matenberg has over 30 years of clinical experience and maintains a private practice in New York. She is a certified group therapist, a TEDx speaker, and author of her newest book, Ace Your Life, Unleash Your Best Self and Live the Life You Want. She has been featured in more than 150 national and international media, including the New York Times, Cosmopolitan, Men's Health, and Forbes. She is dedicated and invested in health and mental health advocacy, And if you resonate with anything we talk about, if you feel like you became more aware of your emotions or you've noticed that you do have some emotional avoidance in your life that you plan to change, share your journey with us and we would be more than happy to witness your journey to your best life and live the life you want. Connect with me on social at M-S-L-U-C-Y-L-I-U. So without further ado, here is Dr. Michelle Matenberg. Welcome to the show, Dr. Michelle. Hi, so nice to meet you. Yay. So you're the expert on emotional avoidance. Then, of course, let's start with what is emotional avoidance and how does it show up in our thinking and decision making? Yeah, so emotional, it's hard to kind of explain in a very short kind of quick synopsis, but I will try my best. Basically, our like our minds are hardwired to avoid discomfort and, of course, uncomfortable emotions, which we refer sometimes to as negative emotions, are quite uncomfortable. So if you could imagine, we would want to avoid them because we don't want to. So our what our mind does is it is wired, one, to avoid discomfort and also to avoid danger. And it's constantly, constantly in the throes of trying to accomplish that. Okay. And if you think about it, even the way societally, how we talk about negative emotions, it's in a really critical self-deprecating way, you know, like we have to do whatever it takes not to be disappointed and sad and frustrated and angry. And if we see that, you know, we see it with, we have a very critical eye. Like if somebody looks angry, it looks very scary. We want to avoid a person like that. Right. And I was just actually on a call with somebody and it was so interesting because we were talking about her coping mechanisms and she, she like grew up in a family where there was absolutely 
really no acknowledgement of, you know, of emotions and emotionality and kind of connection. So when she did anything, you know, that her parents thought weren't appropriate or whatever the case is, what they would do instead of saying like, oh, why did you, you know, why did you make that decision? Or what were you thinking when you did that? Or what was that about for you? Right. Which would get her to express herself. They would just say, oh, that's terrible. That's awful. Stop it and get that out of your mind. Right. So she learns that she always has to avoid these negative emotions. And the detriment of that for her, especially a person who's an empath and needs to really express themselves and connect to their emotions and build and fortify relationships, she turned it inward and she would get very rageful and angry and frustrated, right? And that's how actually now when she's aware of it, that there's this interaction where she's not being attuned to by her mom, she totally lashes out on her. And then I said to her, is that being your best self? How do you feel after an interaction like that? And she always becomes so shameful. So that that's the, the cycle that we get ourselves into when we do this avoidance. We're not true to ourselves. We're not authentic with our emotions. We act from our thoughts and feelings, not from our values. And all of that it could be very detrimental and counterproductive. So what skills and steps should we take, do we need to take when managing or coping with these negative and uncomfortable emotions that we are avoiding to act out, such as, you know, like you talked about angry outbursts? Mm -hmm. We all, you know, come from a different space based on who we are, how we're socialized, our, you know, society, gender, race, religion, all of those lovely things. So you really have to kind of accept who you are and acknowledge that for yourself. You know, that's, you know, part of, I just published a book and it's based on, you know, the ACE model, the ACE method, which I developed and it's called ACE Your Life, the book, but it's predicated on the pillars of acceptance, compassion, and empowerment. So, and I teach those skills. So if you're asking me, what skills do you need to learn in order to really work? It's really, really learning how to cultivate acceptance, which is acknowledgement of what's going on for you, right? Self-compassion, which we never learn how to do and really empowering yourself. So you're taking actions again, that are value-based, not based on your thoughts and feelings, which often does misdirects us in a direction that leads us away from our values rather than towards our values. Mm -hmm. And of course, we all have painful experiences and emotions. What is the healthiest way to engage with these emotions when we encounter them? So there's a lot of things you could do in terms of skills. Like, so for example, it's very trendy, right? To be mindful and to practice mindfulness skills. That's an example. Now, why? Number one, right? It's been shown through research that it actually does help to foster right, the gray matter in our brain. It helps to grow, which gets depleted over time. So there's a physiological change that happens structurally within your brain, which is amazing. But it's also taking the pause between our thoughts, our feelings and our actions, because when we don't take that pause, and we're not really able to process, right, we're really acting from the side of our brain, right, that's really driven by our cortisol, our amygdala, right, the, the spaces that are more impulsive, the spaces that are go kind of going down that track of those neural pathways that are the familiar pathways, right, rather than really kind of growing that space and changing and reforming those neural pathways, which is what we want to do in order to be more mature and cultivate a life that we're proud of. So it takes a lot of work and energy, time, really time, because it was formed that way for a reason. Just like she said, you know, she's like, I don't want to act from that place. Like, tell me, what do I need to do? And I was like, if it were that easy, oh my goodness, I'd have like a line out my door, right? <laughs> but it takes time. It takes time to really learn the skills and then to practice them. And there is a way obviously to change that over time, which is wonderful. 
So how do we deal with those anxious or depressed thoughts or feelings? Again, there's like hundreds of skills that I teach, but I'll give one just (laughs) to be helpful. But part of it is taking the steps that really acknowledging what's going on for you. So let's say I'll use her as an example, just because we just talked about her. But when she doesn't feel attuned to, right, when her parents just say, just kind of are dismissive and say, oh, you know, stop feeling that way or like get that out of your mind, she becomes very activated. So the first thing that happens is she feels the activation in her body. She feels her heart rate, right? She feels the activation. She starts to feel like restlessness. And when she talks about it, she's very detailed. She could really say, and we could talk about it, right? When you get activated and triggered, you know what's going on for you, both here and here, right? In your body and in your mind. So really to understand what that is for you. So acknowledge that. And then to recognize instead of instead of which is what the place we go to, we try to avoid or we blame or we diffuse or we deflect or project or whatever defenses that we use is to acknowledge it and to kind of be with it, sit with it, be curious about it. What's going on for me? How does this feel? Like try it on for size, then kind of think about what might have triggered it in the moment. Maybe like if you get underneath the anger and you say to yourself, because anger is really like kind of a secondary feeling. And if you get underneath the anger and you say, what am I sad about? Or what am I disappointed about? Or what am I frustrated about? Right. You could get to really deeper feelings that are obviously something that you could really understand better about yourself. And then the most important piece of all is the self-compassion. When I'm in a circumstance where I'm not attuned to, and I really need or feel like I need to be heard, it really makes me feel really disappointed and sad. And when I feel disappointed and sad, right, I become so enraged because I want that need to be met so much. And I know that there's a limitation there and it's not going to really be, you know, be met by the people I want it to be met by. You know, and this is really hard for me in this moment. So the self-compassion is such a critical piece. And like, again, the thoughts are going to keep flooding up and flooding up, right? And instead of responding to the thoughts, this is also a really critical skill, which I teach. Instead of responding to the thought, it's just observing them. Because once you have a thought and you respond to it, another thought comes up and then another one and another one. And then you have thoughts about the thoughts and feelings about the thoughts and feelings about the feelings. And it becomes this sandwich, right? Of all of this that goes on and you lose sight of really how to ground yourself and to really go through that process. So the more you practice that, you know, again, the better you become at really being able to ground yourself in a moment of being triggered and activated. I love that. I I hope by listening or watching this episode that you'll become more aware of these thoughts. How are these thoughts leading to your feelings or triggering certain feelings? And once you're able to be more aware of these thoughts, you'll be able to pull away from them and say, okay, let me just observe these thoughts instead of being in it or in the reaction, right? Well, and it's also a self-perception, right? Because when she walks away from it and she experiences herself as an angry person and she's acting out and having angry behavior, then how does she think and feel about herself? So instead of getting closer to changing, and I, and I said to her, I said to her very clearly, I said, let me ask you something, right? If you really think about this, if you were a parent and you were speaking to your kid and one way you would say, oh my goodness, like what's going on for you? I see that you're having this reaction, right? And then the other would be like dismissive. What would come out of that? What would be the result of that, right? You have one kid who like when they have a feeling, they kind of contemplate what's going on for me, what's going on in my body, right? Like, how do I want to behave? What is it tapping into that's important to me? What value, right? Is not, again, there's pain and values and values and pain. What value is it connecting to? Amazing, right? Or you have the other kid that's anxious or is very self-critical. 
or avoids their feelings, right? Because they feel like, again, undoubtedly, it's not important or it's it's not necessary or whatever the case is. And then they become internally very rageful. Which one do you want to be? Like, who do you, right? Who, who do you want to raise? Which kid do you want to raise? And she was like, of course, you know, I said, yeah. But you know, every time you put yourself in that position, you reinforce that you're an angry person that can't control their behavior. You're not in a position where you're actually changing those neural pathways. You're just reinforcing that same thought about yourself, you know, and she got tearful when she heard that. And I said, every time you do that, you're reinforcing those beliefs about yourself. Do you want to be doing that? And she became really weepy and and sad because of course she doesn't. That's why she's seeing me. She wants to make improvements and she wants to enhance her life. Yes. So the next step is to enhance your life by facilitating a growth mindset, right? But before that, one last question I want to say is that before we can facilitate that growth mindset, you have to leave your past negative experiences behind you and you have to make a true decision to leave it behind you. What's your top tip to leave those past experiences? I'm going to actually counter that. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. I am because that's like all my work. It's sort of like saying, you know, whatever you do, like, don't think about the number five and good luck. Because like, I'm telling you to forget to forget the number five. And what your mind is automatically going to do is it's going to remember the number five in order to forget the number five. We we can't, our brain is not wired that way. And, you know, it's interesting, because like, you know, you talked about like, you know, a quote or whatever the case is, like, part of what our brain does, it has a negativity bias. So our mind sticks, literally sticks on things that are negative and negative memory. That's what becomes that that's what becomes part of our neural pathways. So as much as we want to leave it behind, which would be so great if we could do that, right? If we had like, like this ability, like a tabula rasa, where we could just kind of get rid of or erase kind of the past. No, we can't do that. I I wish I could say we can, but we can't. So it's working with, it's not getting rid of. It's understanding how your past informed, informed who you are or how you behave. And it's working with that with compassion and love and understanding and support and nourishment so that you could live your best life because you, because if you didn't experience what you did, you wouldn't be learning what you're learning. And then you wouldn't be moving in the direction of your values. Oh, yes, absolutely. Use what you learn. Every, every single moment of your life becomes and like, you know, a good example of that, which I always think about is when I see uh, my relationship, like, you know, intimate relationships over time, I could so see where I was in my stage of development and my maturity during that time period. It's like so clear to me. And I laugh sometimes. I'm like, oh my goodness. Wow. I really needed that at the time. But it wasn't, it wasn't until I was able to see that, that I was able to go into my next experience, right? With a different perspective. And then people get so upset. They're like, you know, I'm so upset. I dated him. What was I thinking? And I said, the only reason you're saying that now is because of the information and the knowledge you have now based on your past experience. So it's easy to say that now, but thank goodness you had that past experience. That's wonderful. Like that's something to like honor and respect, right? So the point that I'm making, and not to give you a hard time, but (laughs) the point that I'm making, you know, our past is what is actually what frames us. And we, we could take it with us and understand it. And we could reframe things and develop a growth mindset, like you said, so that it doesn't have to necessarily detrimentally impact us and affect us for our future. I can't agree with you more. And I definitely embrace every season. Thank you for your wisdom. What's your favorite quote real fast? 
Okay. Oh, I lost it, but I will come up with something else. It's about our brain. Our reptilian brain thinks if we're hyper aware and hyper vigilant and we focus on the negative, the what ifs and what could in- inevitably go wrongs when we're protecting ourselves from harm, failure, and discomfort. So that is chronically, I'm going to say how our mind is wired to constantly do that. And we have to counter that and we have to be aware of it so that we don't really kind of lead in that direction away from our values. Beautiful. Thank you. So this this is the book that just got published and it's called Ace Your Life. Um, but it, it is, again, based on those pillars of acceptance, compassion, and empowerment. So it's really nice when you cultivate that for yourself in the course of your life you are making more mindfulness-based decisions. Absolutely. And I'll have all your contact details. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 